to be joy spreaders in that way. Andy and I were talking like we love all the dollar clubs, but this one might be our favorite because you just get so many different reactions from people. I love the mom in there that's like, I'm also the mom, you know. (laughs) I don't know if Matt gave a gift card to her as well, but I hope so, you know, but that was pretty awesome. Hey, we are right dead center of a new series that we just kicked off last week that's all about joy. Um, And it is a great time to come and check out River Ridge Church and church in general. And I say that with every series we do, but I really mean this one uh, because if you are a guest with us for the first time, this is a perfect time. This is all about what Christians are all about. This season about Christmas is all about what what, what being a, a follower of Jesus is all about. Um, It's an amazing time, and we are glad that you were joining with us. Uh, Just to introduce myself, I'm Blair. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, My role is more in community and discipleship, so I get an opportunity to connect with all of our leaders that help to try to make that possible throughout our church, resource them as they care for our groups, and help to point people closer and closer to Jesus each day. Uh, Our mission statement as a church is that we exist to help people take their very next step in their journey with God. And so whether you have been walking with God for 35 years and you need a boost in your journey a little bit, or if you are still asking the question, who is God? We want to come alongside you. And so this is a great series to come and figure out who Jesus is all about. But the title of the series is Joy to the World. And so I wanted to give you a few pictures of things that have brought me joy in my life. So here's the first one. Check this one out. Yes, this, is, this one has all kinds of joy in it for me. I mean, the most important is my wife that's in there. So this was our wedding day. She brings me a massive amount of joy, and that day was a celebration of the joy that we have. But it also is very joyful for me because there's proof that I had hair on my head. Go back to that one. And it was a time in my life where there was more hair on my head than on my back. So it's great. And also, just to hear a joyful story with you, there's a little circle right there on my ear that we used to, I used to have earrings. And I was telling people, we had this conversation at staff the other day, that I've had my ears pierced two different times. One time was in a tattoo shop and I felt tough for it. The second time was in Claire's when I was in line behind a six-year-old girl. I was 20-something at the time, but I just really wanted them pierced again at that point. All right, second thing that brings me a lot of joy is my family. This is from this year. We were at the beach, so this is a picture of my whole family. So my wife, Carol, my oldest son, Isaac, my middle child, Jonah, and my daughter, Abby, they bring me a ton of joy for lots of different reasons that you know what it means to have a family. Another thing, because of my family, one thing that really brings me a ton of joy is watching my kids do things that are really hard for them and and to accomplish it. You know, when your daughter, for the first time, rides her bike and you get to see the excitement that she has with it. And this is a picture of my son Jonah. For whatever reason, he decided he wanted to run the 5K this year. And about 10 days before, he said, I want to do that. And so he's never done that before. Um, So we went out uh, two different times, and he made it a mile and a half both times. And I'm like, there's no way he can make it. But for whatever reason, on the day of, he finished it, never stopped, ran the whole way. So this kind of represents one of those joys that brings me a ton of joy. What's the next one? Oh, yes. This is at Notre Dame Stadium this year. So this was right after Marshall took down Notre Dame. And so there was a ton of joy 
and a lot of hope for the season at that point <laughs> that has sort of came about and sort of not, but that's with me with the boys, my brother-in-law and his boys were there too, but I don't have that picture. But that was after, and you can see there's a lot of empty seats there because all the Notre Dame fans had already left by that point. It's all green after that. And the last one, Ah, this one brings everybody joy around this time, right? Because he said, Santa's coming! I know him! And there is a ton of joy that comes from Buddy the Elf at this point of the year. But joy comes in all kinds of different ways. Last week, Andy kicked off this series talking about joy, but he made this exact statement. He said, I don't believe... You can experience the benefits and completeness of joy without knowing Jesus. Then he went on to explaining how there are differences between happiness and joy. Uh, how, how that, uh, and I think it was really helpful for a lot of us to hear those kind of differences. But it also sparked a lot of conversations. Andy and I have talked about a few of them. He had right after Sunday morning with several people who were asking him questions about it. And it sparked some conversation in my home group as well as we were kind of talking through what is this idea of happiness and joy. Because you can turn on your TV, you can swipe through Facebook, you can see hundreds of thousands of commercials all the time, things that are promising you joy. Things from the newest gadget that offers you thousands of hours of joy if you would just buy it. These restaurants that if you walk into them, all of a sudden there's going to be all this joy in your life. Beer commercials, insurance commercials. I saw this week the Preparation H commercial. <laughs> and it promised that if you use it, you will find comfort and joy. And I don't want to argue that point too long because there's probably somebody in here who has experienced the comfort and joy that only Preparation H can provide you. But I don't think that's what Scripture is teaching us all about joy. I don't think that's where it was. In our home group the other night, we were talking about this idea of happiness and joy, and Carol brought up an interesting point that I thought was helpful for thinking about this. In the Greek language, the word love in the Greek language has several different words that explain different kinds of love, right? But in the English language, we only have the one word love for it. So like there's different ways that you could express love. Like in the Greek language, they have the word phileia, which we get the word Philadelphia. And if you know what the Philadelphia is, the city of brotherly love. Phileo is this idea that it's just a community, a love for those around me kind of thing. There's the word eros, which is the romantic kind of love that we get the word erotic from, that it's this romance kind of love that's different. And there are several other ones that are out there, but the agape love this one that's the unconditional love that results not as, as a result of what actions you've done, but it's this perfect love. It's the God love, the one that comes only from him. And I thought that was really helpful for me as I started thinking about this idea of joy and happiness, that we, have, we don't have quite the same amount of words for it, but there are different kinds of joys that we can experience. And I think this is what Andy was getting at last week. And I don't have great names for them, so don't worry about these names, but just a helpful understanding as we think about the word joy, there are some different ways that we can explain them. So like the first one, we have this like earthly blessings. I'm just going to call it that. That's not words that I would ever use, but earthly blessings. These are those happy feelings we get from the things that are around us, things like an amazing book, 
Things like going to a movie that just really tugs on your heartstrings. Like going on vacation that's just there, all kinds of fun. Starting a new sport that you really love. Getting into these things. They're like joys that we can experience that the earth has to offer. I feel like there's a second level of joy somewhere, at least a second level. And I want to title this one, Relational Joys. Right? It's the joy you have when you connect with another person, which I'm going to say is higher up the level than happiness for sure. I think you can say you have joy when you have these relationships, and I think God probably even showed us that. In the beginning, Adam was there with God in communion, and he looked at Adam and he said, ah, it's not good for you to be alone. You need somebody else. And he created Eve for Adam at that point because he knew that there were joys that come from relationships with other people that we were going to experience. And so it's greater than happiness for sure. It's a relational joy that comes from connecting and being in communion with other people. But then there's an ultimate joy. And we'll just call this one the eternal God joy because it's something way different. And this joy only comes from God himself. Perfect, complete joy is only found from the source of joy itself, which is Jesus. And I think this is important for us as we're going through today, as we talk about the next uh, message in this series, which we're talking about is spreading joy. Right? So we're going to be in Luke 2. So if you want to grab your Bibles and start flipping to Luke 2, that's where we're going to be. But before we get into that, let me pray for our time this morning. God, I am grateful for this moment that I can be in this place. Uh, I share in the same thankfulness that Andy shared earlier about being able to worship together with our church family. It is awesome to be in this place, and I am grateful for that every time I come in. God, I thank you for your scripture that you give us that teaches us. God, I pray that today it would transform our hearts in a new and fresh way. Even if it's a story we've heard before, God, I pray that it would do what scripture does, and transform our hearts in new ways. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for teaching us. We love you, God. Amen. So last week, Andy was walking us through the different characters in the story, of, in the characters of the Christmas story. And at the end, he brought up the shepherds, and he said they were his favorite Christmas characters outside of Jesus himself. Their part of the story is really great. It's really fun. Uh, the shepherds were like... They're not the super most important characters of, of that point in that social class. They're not like high up on the social class level. In fact, they're probably further down the list, even to the point that we don't even still know who these shepherds' names are. They're forever remembered as just the shepherds, right? But they are part of a complete nativity scene. So if you have one of those, you probably have the shepherds. They are nobodies who become somebodies when, God when they encounter God and God enters their story. Well, let's just read it, actually. Here, Luke 2, we're going to start in verse 8. And there were shepherds living, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. All right, let me quickly explain this for you. There were shepherds that were doing shepherding things. All right, verse 9. All right, here we go. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were terrified all around them all of a sudden the manifestation of the awesomeness and power of god shows up in that moment 
this angel comes with God's glory himself. It says that he represents all of God's power and glory in that moment. So the natural thing to do is exactly what the shepherds did, and that's be scared. In fact, it says that they were terrified or a great fear came upon them. If your Bible says great fear, circle that great there. And the angel said to them, but the angel said to them, hey, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And this is one of those points, again, where in the Bible we see people are terrified. Somebody tells them to calm down, and it's like, I can't calm down. This is scary right now, right? So in that moment, I'm not sure they calmed down, but the angel said, listen, don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. I'm not here to harm you. In fact, what I do is I bring good news. I'm bringing you good news. This phrase right here is awesome to me. This is literally just one word. And it might not excite you as much as it does me, but it was awesome for me when I read it. This is the word that is one word here, this phrase, that is the verb tense of the word gospel. And it literally means that the angel came down and said, I'm gospeling. I'm gospeling. It's the same word that we translate to English that's the word evangelize. And so here we have the angel as the first evangelist that's going to cause great joy because of the news that he brings, which is this, verse 11, keep reading. Today, 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 in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This right here, this moment, is the declaration that salvation is present in the world for the first time. And the angels get to make that. And they get to make the news that we bring good news. I bring great news that will cause a great joy for all the people. In fact, the greatest joy, the peace, this peace that I bring, that God's restoration plan is now entering the world, and it's here today. See, that's a big deal. It's a massive deal. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. The wages, what we have earned, what people have earned from going their own way away from God is death. What we deserve is death, a spiritual separation from God himself. But the free gift of eternal life is in Christ Jesus. And today, today that's present here. The Savior has been born. Death, this separation from God, a separation from the source of life itself, from the source of love, from the source of joy itself. But today, present is the salvation, peace, and restoration that only God can provide, but it comes between God and people, which brings great joy. This is the God joy. This is what Andy was talking about that can only be accomplished through Jesus. There are levels of joy out there that we can experience, but this is the greatest joy that can only give us full and complete when we have Jesus. So the angels wanting to help these shepherds out gave them some directions, right? They told them, all right, you're looking for Jesus now. The Savior is born. This will be a sign. Circle sign in your Bible if you have it with you. This will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in clothes, 
lying in a manger. Oh, born. Like a savior is born, like born, born, like a baby, baby. Like they're all of a sudden blown away by the fact that this is a baby, baby, like a baby. A baby has come into the world. A baby that's gonna be wrapped in swaddling clothes, that's gonna be lying in a manger. We're looking for a baby, baby. Okay, mind blowing. All right, suddenly, suddenly, right after the angel had made this declaration that today that Savior is born, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. So all of a sudden, thousands of angels surround these shepherds and they're looking around in the amazement of what's going on here that they all of a sudden show up with the angel and they start praising God. And they say, glory to God in the highest heavens, which is the Gloria in excelsis Deo. That's that phrase in Latin right there. That's what we sing. Glory to God in the highest, in all the heavens. And on earth, peace to those on whom his, his favor rests. So all of a sudden, these angels show up in this place and they declare praise to God himself, but also at the same time representing the peace on earth that has been brought on who God provides joy to, this peace to. As soon as that had happened, when the angels had left them and gone into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, let's go, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They're like, let's go! And they just take off running. My picture of them is the shepherds just start running towards the town because they gotta go find this baby that's wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and they're looking for him. And they find Mary and Joseph together, and they find the baby with them. Now, I always wonder what Mary and Joseph are thinking all of a sudden, like, right? In normal hospital settings, you have a nurse that does the block that says, hey, are you family? And they're like, what in the world are you guys doing here? How do you even know we're here? What, what are you doing in this place? Who are you guys? And so it goes on. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at the, what the shepherds had said to them. As soon as they see Jesus, they start telling the story of all that they had known, all that had happened with them and the angel. And this is where we get this message title today, Spread Joy. What started for these shepherds was a great fear that turns into a great joy. And I think that's true, that Jesus turns great fear into great joy. Andy said last week that the shepherds were his favorite because they were the most relatable. And that makes a lot of sense to me, right? Like, I, I can be really, really impressed by Mary and Joseph. Like, they did an amazing job at doing what they were doing there. But I am never going to birth Jesus for a lot of reasons. But one of those is the fact that that was a one-and-done thing. Jesus entered the world through Mary. And so I can look at her and be amazed by what she did, but I will never relate to Mary. I'll never really relate to Joseph either because I'm never gonna be Jesus' earthly father. I'm not an angel, so I don't relate to the angel part of it. I really don't understand what it means to be a rich, wise man. The rich part, I understand what it means to be wise. I got that. Why is that funny? Uh, but 
because I don't have the gifts to lavish in worship in that same way. Now, I do want to give tithes and offerings, and I make that a part of my own worship every day. But of the people in this story, the most relatable to me is the shepherds, and that makes sense to me. So when I look at their story, I see lots of examples that we can follow in here. But for this morning, I want to point to three things that are helpful for us as we look at the shepherds as someone to follow on what it means to be a joy spreader. Number one, I go all in with Jesus. He is the source of joy. If you want to be a real joy spreader, you can't be in and out all the time. It just doesn't work that way. If God has made known to you the good news, then you know what will bring great joy. It doesn't come from learning the best jump shot. That's fun. It doesn't come from watching the best movie and get your t heartstrings tugged on by this emotional experience they have here. It doesn't come from the best piece of pie that ever existed. Not even the world's best cup of coffee. It doesn't come from those things. All of those things can and probably do bring some sense of joy, but it doesn't bring the great joy. It isn't the joy that God most desires to offer to people. The joy that comes from knowing Jesus. So if I want to be a joy spreader, then we need, I need to go all in with Jesus. Now, I think this is really important um, right now. There is a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. And this is really important when it comes to joy specifically. See, the shepherds were amazed when they heard it from the angels. They were amazed when they heard the story about Jesus. The townspeople were amazed when they heard about Jesus. But it wasn't until the shepherds took off running and hurrying off to go see Jesus, and then they met Jesus, that they began glorifying, praising God. It can't happen until you have your own personal encounter with Jesus. If you've been told stories about Jesus, they are amazing you probably look at them and go, wow, because really, honestly, they are wow. You've probably shared some of these stories with other people about Jesus who walked on water, Jesus who turned water into wine, Jesus who healed people from leprosy and being blind and made cripples walk again, Jesus who died and came back to life. These are amazing stories, and they wow people all the time. And we can be amazed, but listen, you can't experience the great joy until you have met and seen Jesus for yourself. So I think this point is worth making again today. We can't know full and complete joy without Jesus. But also, I can't experience full and complete joy by just knowing about Jesus. I have to know him myself. There is a difference between a devotion to him or amazement by him and a relationship with him. I can tell you a ton about someone just by reading a biography about them, but they don't match up to Carol in my life at all because I can tell you why she brings joy in my life because I know her. They are interesting, but they don't bring me joy. But even Carol can't bring me the God joy that this is talking about. The second thing that we need to recognize from the shepherds is that I have to surround myself with other people who know the source of joy as well. Others who know it and are talking about it, that are talking about the source of joy. 
shepherds had now come and they'd seen Jesus for themselves and they were explaining all that had been told to them. The people are hearing this and becoming amazed. But look at the verse 18 and 19 real quick here. And it said, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. But Mary, that's pretty interesting language in that moment, right? Like the, the, the context makes that kind of interesting. We've got this group of people who are amazed by the story, but Mary. Because the word but indicates that something is different from before. Listen to some of these phrases. Everyone is going to the party, but I'm not allowed. Right? Everyone is one way, and I'm a different. I'm different from everyone else in that story. Green is a beautiful color, but it doesn't go with anything I have. Green and I are in different places from each other. Broccoli is good, but it makes me gassy. Broccoli and I aren't together on this one, right? The but in there makes this a big difference. Now that's but with one T, not with two T's. Get your head out of the gutter. Get my head out of the gutter. What I'm, trying, what I'm not trying to say is that Mary wasn't amazed because I believe she was. But, the different, but, there, but she was different than the rest of everyone else, all the other people, because she wasn't hearing this for the very first time. This wasn't brand new information for her because she already knew who Jesus was. She is probably just excited that others are now being brought into this source of joy that she's known and she's experiencing. And this is what happens when we surround ourselves with other people who know those things, who know the source of joy. It causes us to be built up. It reminds us of who God is. It tells us how wonderful it is of what Jesus has done for us. It's what happens when we come in here on the Sunday morning. Maybe not when we walk in immediately, but by the time we get to the second song, all of a sudden we are reminded over who Jesus is and what he did in our life, and that joy comes in us, and we erupt in praise as a church as a result because we are sharing in the joy that we all know about. It's why we encourage people to plug into a group, mainly so that you can have other people around you that are pointing you back to the joy source at all times that can remind us of who Jesus is and what he did for us. I think this is why the writer in Hebrews wrote this. Not neglecting to meet together. Don't neglect to meet together. Don't forsake getting together with other believers in Jesus as it's the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near of when Jesus will come back. Build each other up. Spread joy amongst those who know about it and encourage each other, Jesus is coming. Here's a side note, and I think it's significant. This might be a really helpful, important note for our group leaders as we think about this, because I get in the trap of this myself, I think, often. The great joy comes from the good news that the Savior has come. It does not come from learning really good Christian disciplines. It doesn't come from finding out all the historical facts about characters that we study in the Bible. Those things are great, and they probably bring some joys, but they don't bring the ultimate joy. So in order to be joy spreaders, we must have a time where we are talking to each other about the thing that brings great joy, and that's the good news. Those other things are significant. We want to talk about them often, but if we find our joy in those things, we get a little off track. 
our great joy comes from knowing Jesus, not from being a good Christian. I hope that makes sense. Three, the third thing we learn from the shepherds, after they know the source and they're connected to the source themselves, after they surround themselves from other people who know the source of joy, then I take the joy to those who don't know it yet. Verse 17 says, when they had seen him, they spread the word. When they had their Jesus encounter, they started spreading the words. They were changed. They just started telling everyone about, everyone everywhere about who Jesus was and what they had gone through. They shared their experience and what they had been told by the angels to people. And then they met Jesus themselves and their lives were forever changed as a result of it. As they shared the story, people were becoming amazed. I really love the word spread here too. It gives me this picture of it just being thrown out. I get this idea of a seed spreader that just kind of you put the seeds in there and you put it in there and it just throws it every different which way. I think that's what Jesus was teaching his disciples in the parable of the soils. He was saying some of it that you're gonna throw, the gospel you're gonna throw out, the joy you're gonna throw out is gonna land on ears that lives are gonna be changed as a result of it. Sometimes it's gonna land on some ears of people who are really interested in hearing these amazing stories because they're amazing. Some is gonna fall on some ears when they hear it, they're gonna be like, oh, that's really cool, but ah, that's not for me. Others are gonna look at it and say, I have no interest in you telling me anything about anything. But Jesus said, don't worry about it. Just start spreading joy. Spread it wherever you go. Wherever it goes, throw it out there so that they can experience the great joy that I bring to offer. Now, as a Christian, I think immediately about certain people when I think about spreading the news of Jesus. I think about certain people. I think maybe even about certain people groups that are in, in my life. But I wanna make sure that we don't wanna miss one of the groups. One group that's really important are the people who live in our home with us, right? Because I think, I know from my own experience that there are some people in my own house that can tell you all of the amazing stories. They can tell you all about those. My kids can answer for you all the things that I shared about walking on water. They can tell you about how Jesus healed people. They can tell you when Jesus told the storm to be quiet and it shut up. He can tell, they can tell you how Jesus died on the cross and then came back to life. But until they have their own personal encounter, we set them up for these great opportunities for them to hear the stories, which is awesome, but they have to have their own personal encounter. And so we don't wanna miss out on that opportunity to point them towards Jesus, right? And this is what happens. We have those concentric circles as we go out from the source to people who know the joy to people who don't know the joy. But it also works the opposite way, that you take people from outside who don't know the joy, get them around people who do know the joy, who are pointing them to the source of joy so that they know it, right? And so that's who we are. That's what we do. That's why we invite people into this place so that you can be around others who are expressing that joy in Jesus because they know who the source is. It's not us, it's Jesus. And so we want to point you towards that direction. The second thing that we really get from this is not only the people that are around us, but Paul instructs the Philippians to be a shining star, Look at this, look at the way he writes this. Do all things without grumbling and disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without a blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you will shine like lights in the world. There was a sign that the angel gave to the shepherds to go find Jesus. They said, it's gonna be a baby. He's gonna be in the town of David. He's gonna be wrapped in swaddling clothes. He's gonna be lying in a manger, right? These, all these things are the way you're gonna find Jesus. What Jesus told us 
and told his disciples that the way you're gonna find Jesus now is you're gonna look at the way people love each other. That it's our love, one for another, that's gonna cause people to say, oh, Jesus must be there. That was Jesus directly saying that to us. And it said, in a twisted and crooked generation, among whom you will shine like lights in the world, that when people see our love, one for another, they're gonna say, oh, this is the sign to get closer to the source of joy. And so I challenge you today to think about those couple of things. Go into the world with the message that you have, even if the world might be in your own home. Don't forget that. But it goes out into our neighborhoods, into the places we work, all of those things to be a joy spreader wherever you go. But second, don't forget the way in which we show that joy is through our love one for another because that points to Jesus the source himself. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that today was said so many years ago, today salvation has entered the world and we can experience it thousands of years later because of we are still encountering Jesus today. Thank you for touching our hearts. Thank you for challenging us. God, make us joy spreaders that people would know the truth about you. We love you, God. Amen. Hey, that's gonna conclude our services today. I pray for each of you. I pray that we would be joy spreaders out in the world today. I'll see you next week. Love you guys.